Do you understand what God's saying? God's very forthright in saying, be mindful of my law in everything you do, wherever you go, whatever you are doing. And think about this. I took you there to tell you this. All of this was a physical reminder of a spiritual reality that I think we forget way too often. God and His Word are one. here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. And I trust the Lord's just going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here around the Word of God for the next 28 and a half minutes or so. We're going to continue on with a teaching that we began last week. It's one we've titled Momentary Pauses. And we're going to be talking about Jesus' mission. His mission was to touch the people. So, he walked among them. Now, here's what I want to put before you tonight or during this particular teaching. As Jesus walks about attempting to touch the people, are you looking for Him? Do you need a touch? Are you looking for Him? There are several instances in the Scripture where Jesus come into town People weren't looking for Him. There are other occasions where they were looking for Him. When they were looking, He showed up and He met their needs. So I want to challenge you to that extent. We're going to read for you from Matthew chapter 20. Actually, the text passage for this particular series is Romans 12, 1 and 2. But this is another one of those scriptures we're going to look at here momentarily. Again, Matthew chapter 20 and beginning around verse 29. The Bible puts it this way. As Jesus and His disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed Him. Look at verse 30. Two blind men, two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Verse 31. Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? Wow, I love that. They screamed out. Jesus heard them. He stopped, and He said, What do you want? What do you need? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank You for each one listening in to this telecast by whatever means, and I pray that they would be aware of the fact that You are yet walking among us. And when we cry out to You, You pause, You listen. Help us, Lord, to develop the habit of taking those momentary pauses when we realize that and allow you to speak to our need. I pray, I ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. They, look at this, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. you hear that Eve oh, it's just God walking in the garden 
You sure that's what that was? Oh, yeah. Heard it yesterday. Heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. The Amplified adds, in the cool afternoon breeze of the day. Well, that's cooler than snot right there. I love that. Uh, Church, let me just ask you this again. How did they know that sound? Because they were familiar with that sound. They were familiar with it. Doesn't it just make sense? Makes sense to me that God desired to walk with and walk among the man he created? Doesn't that just make sense? And maybe you're thinking, maybe you're not, but maybe you are. Hey, Pastor Terry, that was Adam and Eve, but what does that have to do with me? Listen, it has a whole lot to do with you. Go over to the New Testament book of Mark, chapter 1, and verse number 16. Follow me on this. Here's what we read. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. What was he doing? Walked beside the Sea of Galilee, verse 17. Come, follow me. In other words, Jesus said, let's take a little walk together. Can you be encouraged to do a word study on Jesus walked? Read through that little phraseology in the Bible sometimes. Jesus walked. Now watch this. For sure, Jesus' primary mode of transportation was his own two feet right? But let me ask you this. Do you think that God could not afford a really nice chariot for his only born son to traverse about? I think God could have afforded a really nice chariot. BMW chariot, air condition, high rise gear shift knob, the whole deal. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about how much more ministry Jesus could have accomplished if he had had a chariot? Right? Hmm. He could have taken advantage of more efficient means of transport, but that wasn't his mission. That wasn't his mission. Number six, his mission was to touch the people. So he walked among them. He walked among them. Luke says it this way, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He was out there with the people. That's what he did. Look at Matthew 20, Matthew's account, verse number 29. As Jesus and his disciples, some others were picking up on this. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd, what kind of crowd? A large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, look at this, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus the Christ, who was out walking, stopped and called to them. What do you want me to do for you? Oh, my goodness. If that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. That's some good stuff right there. Well, you know what Jesus did not say or what the Word does not say? The Word doesn't say that two blind men screamed at Jesus 
Thereupon, he discerning, they wanted a piece of him, turneth in haste and hid from their sight. That's what some of your versions would say. Can you imagine the ministry that Jesus could have avoided if he'd only remained in his air-conditioned chariot with the windows rolled up and his jam blasting on the sub? Boom, chicken, boom, chicken, boom, boom. He could have run off all kind of ministry. You didn't know I was a burgeoning rap star, did you? Listen, beloved, under the mighty hand and the authority and the power of the Father, Jesus placed himself amongst the people, walked among the people, and then purposefully engaged the people, not only caring about the people, but caring for, that is to say, resourcing their needs. That's why they were chasing him all over creation. And that is our example. Thus, graphically illustrated to us his desire and his design to engage us in every facet of life. Have you ever thought about this, the Jesus that walked among the people then, meeting their needs, healing them, setting them free? It's the same Jesus that walks among us and is available to us today to meet our needs and set us free? Same Jesus. Don't miss this. I'm changing gears just a little bit. I must hasten. Later in Deuteronomy 11, 18, I'm going back over there, but later in Deuteronomy 11 and 18, Deuteronomy repeats itself. I told you it was a sermon series, and it's long. But he further expounded in chapter 11 some of the details that are given in chapter 6, verses 8 and 9. I did not read those to you earlier. I wanted to save it for right here. And the contemporary English version puts it this way. Memorize these laws and think about them. And then look at this, write down copies and tie them to your wrist and your foreheads to help you obey them. From that, the ancient Jews literally placed within the door frame, if you now have a picture of it come up here sometime here in a little while, you'll see it. But if you can just picture a, a door frame, they took a little small piece of rolled up parchment and someone drilled a hole and, and inserted that little piece of parchment into the door frame. And most of the time it had this verse of scripture written on it, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Eventually this was placed in a little small case. Now we refer to them as a mezuzah, which by the way is Hebrew for doorpost. And they attached that to the right side of the doorway of their house. Now here's where that's coming up, I think number seven on your study notes. So each time anyone either entered the home or exited the home, they had to brush by the word of God. Is that cool or what? had to brush right by the word of God. With regards to their foreheads or their wrists, Jews developed this tradition of using phylacteries. Now, I'm not cursing, there's such a thing. 
They used phylacteries or these little small leather pouches or boxes that were either fastened to or tied around their wrist or utilized fashioned in some sort of a headband. They wore this around their head so that one literally, to quote one commentator, carried the laws of God over his eyes and on his hand. Again, another writer says it this way, while the forehead has to do with the mind or mental commitment, the hands has to do with action and behavior. Do you understand what God's saying? God's very forthright in saying, be mindful of my law in everything you do, wherever you go, whatever you are doing. And think about this. I took you there to tell you this. All of this, the mezuzah, the phylacteries, all of this was a physical reminder of a spiritual reality that I think we forget way too often. God and His Word are one. The Word of God is not different from God. The Word of God, the Bible, and God are one and the same. That's news to some of you. There are a lot of people that think that this is just a book like any other book, whether it's a comic book or an instruction manual to your weed eater or whatever the case might be. But the Word of God and God are one in the same. So listen, beloved, when you are near the Word, listen to me, church, likewise you're near to God. A picture of one walking with God. That's why Pastor Terry tries to encourage you, and it might come out sounding like fussing sometimes because that's what I do. But listen, that's why I encourage you to read and study and spend some time pouring over the Word of God. That is some time, beloved, when you are near to God, and it'll change your life. It'll change your direction. This goes to show how God has purpose for us to be ever engaged with him, with his word carved upon our heart. So long as your heart beats, you can walk out life in relationship with God. That's a very practical way of trying to help you understand how to do that. Now, I just built a mighty fine foundation. Look at your neighbor and say, mighty fine. Mighty fine foundation I built right there. So I built that foundation to put this on. I'm back in Romans chapter 12. Told you I'd be back. And I'm going to read it again, and I'm reading it from the message. Contemporary paraphrase. I know that it's a contemporary paraphrase. Probably several people in the live stream audience or the television audience just had a spiritual heart attack when I said that, but that's okay. Listen to this. Here's what the, the record says. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. What has God purposed for you? He has purposed for you that you walk with Him. Does that make sense? 
Listen to verse 2. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking about me, about God. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best of you, the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. You fill in number eight, and you can start buckling up all your wares. Here's the one the one sign, the one telltale sign of spiritual maturity. It's those that recognize that God is always and forever walking with us. And such one responds to that presence. Here's what I want to leave you with this morning. This message is titled, Momentary Pauses. You understand a pause, don't you? I'm going over here to this corner. And right now, I'm pausing. That means I isn't going. I'm not where I'm going. It's a pause. A momentary pause. That's the challenge before us. Can you be encouraged to form the habit of momentary pauses? Have you ever seen a world as busy as the world we live in today? Listen to, let, let me see your eyeballs. In case you're wondering, I am talking about some of you because some of you say to me from time to time, oh, been so busy this week. Had to run here, had to run there. My kids are playing four, four different things at one time. Oh, they got 12 kids just about to run me to death. And this old grandpa's thinking, Dummy, listen, can I encourage you to form the habit of some momentary pauses where you just say to the heavenly father every now and then, father, they are running around like a rat in a shoebox all around me, but I see you, father, I see you up there. And I need you. I need you right now. Not that rat in the box, but the other rat. Now, you get that. I need you. I love you. That's relational, not compartmental. Form the habit of some momentary pauses as you get ready to sleep. Remember that little child's prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. It recognizes that the Lord's going to be there with you while you sleep. That's not a bad prayer, is it? Listen, somebody here this morning needs to hear this. There is absolutely, positively nothing spiritual about sleep deprivation. Do you remember the time Jesus fell asleep in the bow of the boat? Remember that? That was Jesus. I'm going to preach a sermon one of these days, so you call yourself a Christian. Take a nap. 
Can you form the habit of some momentary pauses when you eat? Eat? You're going to call me old school and all that, and that's okay. I trust that you'll get the point. You know, when I was a young and growing up, you know what we did at 5 o'clock? And let me tell you who we is. Mama and Daddy and Danny and Terry. That was our little family. You know what we did at 5 o'clock? We went to the kitchen table, and Mama throwed down. We asked the blessing over that. We ate together. We all ate together. And you know when Terry and Danny got up from the table? When Mom and Daddy got through eating, and they were slow eaters. <laughs> didn't take me long because I didn't eat green beans and some of that other slop, but anyhow... Listen, somebody needs to hear this. There is nothing in particular spiritual about being too busy to eat. Jesus always recognized the Father's presence at mealtime. How you like that? And you know our favorite blessing today. Over the lips, through the gum, look out, somebody, here I come. Bam, we're off. Jesus recognized and worshiped the Lord with as he's getting ready to eat, and he did that in front of his disciples so that we could see that. Can you be encouraged to form some, uh, to the habit of some momentary pauses with regards to work? I know you have to work. Listen, people remind me of this 26 times a week that I don't have a job like they do. You wish you didn't put in but about 60 hours a week, but anyhow, I know you have to work. I get that. But I trust that you are beginning to realize that your life's work is, or at least should be, your assignment. It's where the Lord's placed you for a few hours a day. And isn't it shamefully arrogant not to realize that or to recognize that, isn't it? Adam and Eve were created to care for God's gift to them. Did you know that? Genesis 2 and 15. Here's what we read. God took the man and set him down in the Garden of Eden. Oh, it was a wonderful place. Why did God put him there? So he could sit around in a chase lounge all day long? On the Edenic beach? No, it tells us right here. God put him in there to work the ground and to keep it in order. God created man to work. He did. It's our assignment. But that's not all he created man for. Somebody needs to hear that. There's also some walk times. Walk times. Sleep, eat, work, walking Around, Can you be encouraged to form the habit of some momentary pauses, some, some walk times? I'm talking about taking the time to embrace the Father and His gifts of sky and trees and flowers and the Smith River and I, <coughs> excuse me, the, the singing streams. Have you ever heard a stream sing? I heard one yesterday afternoon. 
Most of you know I write out a manuscript. It's a discipline for me, and I take that over to the Dick and Willie on Saturday afternoon. If I get to do what I want to do, and I walk down that trail, and I read this, and I pray over this, and I study over this, and I look around, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for that little orange flower that you just happened to put on a weed. Who does that? God does that. It's wonderful. Let me help you... Understand, beloved, that exercise is not doing nothing. Walking and praying is not doing nothing. It's doing something. Be encouraged to form the habit of those momentary pauses. During those times in your life, you're weak. Where you stop and recognize these wonderful gifts of the Father. Does that make sense to anybody? Beloved, we're going to cut in right there, and I'd like to do so by reiterating this to you. The one telltale sign of spiritual maturity, the, the spiritual level of maturity where one is in a relationship with God is that the individuals realize that God is always and forever walking around. God is always and forever in our midst doing something. The spiritually mature see and recognize, observe and recognize that and purpose to get in on what God is doing. My question to you tonight is this. Are you one of those people? Are you that spiritually mature? Are you just walking around embracing the culture and looking at this thing and that thing and distracted by this thing and that thing and that thing and this thing and totally missing the fact that God is always at work around us? Are you taking some momentary pauses? I hope it'll be more than momentary, but a lifestyle for you where you look around, realize and recognize what God is doing, and you purpose to get in on it. Hey, God, I want to be a part of that. That is my prayer for you. In fact, I want to pray that right now, and I want to challenge you to this extent and encourage you as we go uh, away from you here for a few more days. Father, I thank you for each and every one that's listening to this particular teaching and I pray that they would know and understand based on your word that you want to be in a relationship with us, not just compartmentalized little times here and there, but you want to be in relationship with us. And we need to be observant of that and purposed in that regard. I pray for each one that you would help us to do just that, to purpose, to look for you every moment of every day and purpose to be involved and engaged in what you're doing. Teach us these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, beloved, let me tell you this. One of the things that's going to happen when you begin to realize that God is always working around us, you'll realize that Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25 is true. God has purposed for the body of Christ to come together for an assembly. It's called ecclesia, the called out ones, to be a part of a church fellowship, if you please. It's so very important. Even today, in the midst of all the pandemic scare, and I get all that. In fact, I am a survivor. I totally get all of that. But that doesn't change the Word of God and God's purpose and plan for us. And that, again, part of that plan is for us to set aside some time to come together as the church, to hear the Word of God taught and preached, and to fellowship one with another, to pray one for another, and one with another. And I want to encourage you to be a part of just such a gathering. New Life meets Sunday morning. 
10 o'clock for our primary worship celebration. We also have midweek activities Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We call that Family Ministries Night. And listen, trust me, we meet a ton of other, th other times. There's something going on around here nearly every day of the week with every age group that you can imagine. We would love for you to be a part of that. It's a great time. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church, and I'm going to have to get out of here. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?